Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It is 74, I believe, if I looked right. Yep, it's 74 degrees. And it was down to 75 last night. It's supposed to be down to 76 tonight. We are pressing on with some nice weather. We will move right on to this day in history and uh, see what we have for today. Prove that a dollar is better than heaven. This is funny and it's kind of you know goofy and very pagan at the same time, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, it's pagan, but it's kind of funny at the same time. So forgive me if it's a little, I don't know, out of character for a Christian. Um, all right, prove that a dollar is better than heaven. Nothing is better than heaven. A dollar is better than nothing. Therefore, a dollar is better than heaven. Uh, that's just silliness. We can do that from time to time. Before you diagnose yourself with depression or low self-esteem, first make sure that you're not, in fact, just surrounded by idiots. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's one way to look at it. Calvin and Hobbes was, uh, began on this day in 1985. The comic strip was first published. Christmas Story came out on November 18th, 1983 on this date. And what else? Uh, Jonestown Massacre, November 18, 1978. More than 900 followers, including 304 minors of Jim Jones's cult, commit suicide in Ghana at the request of their leaders. Jones ordered them to kill themselves by drinking cyanide-laced grape juice. Just hours before Jones had ordered the killing of U.S. Representative Leo Ryan in California, three journalists, and a temple defector. Ryan was to investigate reports of abuse within the cult. That's what happens when you do not study the Bible, when you follow a leader blindly and do not study, and, and when he does not follow the Bible but makes things up, reads into the Bible things he wants to read into them. Let's see. What else we got here? Mickey Mouse with Steamboat Willie, November 18th, 1928. This was the first time the cartoon came out. And, um, yeah, it's not something they were thinking about getting rid of Mickey or doing something on YouTube. I don't know what's going on there. Panama Canal, November 18th, 1903. The treaty was signed. It was established at the Panama Canal Zone and construction of the canal. So I guess it was signed then, and it opened in 1914. So 10 years-ish for building it. That should do it there. Uh, on that, let's see if we got any dad jokes for today. My wife told me she didn't understand cloning. And I said, that makes two of us. <laughs> My wife gave me an ultimatum. 
her or my addiction to sweets? <laughs> the decision was a piece of cake. <laughs> Moving over now to the reading for today, Ezekiel chapter 20. If you will find your way over there, we will pray and get into the word. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father, for this, this time. May you continue to guide us as we read through your word and see these interesting prophecies, these very exciting things, as well as these extreme warnings for people that would treat you casually and and not take your lordship over their lives seriously. So guide us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 20. Now, in the seventh year, in the fifth month, on the tenth of the month, certain of the elders of Israel came to inquire of the Lord and sat before me. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, Speak to the elders of Israel and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Do you come to inquire of me? As I live, declares the Lord God, I will not be inquired of by you. Will you judge them? Will you judge them, son of man? Make them know the abominations of their fathers and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, On the day when I chose Israel and swore to the descendants of the house of Jacob to make myself known to them in the land of Egypt, When I swore to them, saying, I am the Lord your God, on that day I swore to them to bring them out of the land of Egypt into a land that I had selected for them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands. Then I said to them, Cast away each one of you the detestable things of his eyes. Do not defile yourself with idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me and were not willing to listen to me. They did not cast away their detestable things of their eyes, nor did they forsake their idols of Egypt. Then I resolved to pour out my wrath on them, to accomplish my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nation among whom they lived, in in whose sight I made myself known to them by bringing them out of the land of Egypt. So I took them out of the land of Egypt, brought them into the wilderness. I gave them my statutes and informed them of my ordinances by which if a man observes them, he will live. I also gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not walk in my statutes, and they rejected my ordinances, by which if a man observes them, he will live. And my Sabbaths they greatly profaned. Then I resolved to pour out my wrath on them in the wilderness to annihilate them. But I acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations before whose sight I had brought them out. Also I swore to them in the wilderness that I would not bring them into the land which I had given them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands, because they rejected my ordinances. And as for my statutes, they did not walk in them. They even profaned my Sabbaths, for their heart continually went after their idols. Yet my eye spared them rather than destroying them. I did not cause their annihilation in the wilderness, I said to their children in the wilderness, Do not walk in the statutes of your fathers, or keep their ordinances, or defile yourselves with their idols. I am the Lord your God. 
walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and observe them. Sanctify my Sabbaths, and they shall be a sign between me and you, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. But the children rebelled against me. They did not walk in my statutes, nor were they careful to observe my ordinances, by which, if a man observe them, he will live. They profaned my Sabbaths. So I resolved to pour out my wrath on them, to accomplish my anger against them in the wilderness. But I withdrew my hand and acted for the sake of my name, that it should not be profaned in the sight of the nations in whose sight I had brought them out. Also, I swore to them in the wilderness that I would scatter them among the nations and disperse them among the lands, because they did not observe my ordinances, but had rejected my statutes and had profaned my Sabbaths, and their eyes were on the idols of their fathers. I also gave them statutes that were not good and ordinances by which they could not live. And I pronounced them unclean because of their gifts, in that they cause all their firstborn to pass through the fire, so that I might make them desolate, in order that they might know that I am the Lord. Therefore, son of man, speak to the house of Israel, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Yet in this your fathers have blasphemed me by acting treacherously against me. When I had brought them into the land which I swore to give to them, then they saw every high hill and every leafy tree, and they offered there their sacrifices, and there they presented their provocation of their offering. There also they made their soothing aroma, and there they poured out their drink offerings. Then I said to them, What is the high place to which you go? So its name is called Bama to this day. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Will you defile yourselves after the manner of your fathers and play the harlot after their detestable things? When you offer your gifts, when you cause your sons to pass through the fire, you are defiling yourselves with all your idols to this day. And shall I be inquired of you, O house of Israel? As I live, declares the Lord God, I will not be inquired of by you. What comes into your mind will not come about when you say, We will be like the nations, like the tribes of the lands, serving wood and stone. God will restore Israel to her land. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and with outstretched arm and with wrath poured out, I shall be king over you. I will bring you out of the people and gather you from the lands where you are scattered with a mighty hand and with outstretched arm and with wrath poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the peoples, and there I will enter into judgment with you face to face, as I entered into judgment with your fathers in the wilderness in the land of Egypt. So I will enter into judgment with you, declares the Lord God. I will make you pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant, and I will purge from you the rebels and those who transgress against me, and I will bring them out of the land where they sojourn, but they will not enter the land of Israel. Thus you will know that I am the Lord. As for you, O house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, go serve everyone his idols, but later you will surely listen to me in my holy name. You will profane no longer with your gifts and with your idols. 
For on my holy mountain and on my holy mountain of Israel, declares the Lord, there the whole house of Israel, all of them will serve me in the land, and I will accept them. And there I will seek your contributions and your choicest gifts and with all your holy things. As a soothing aroma, I will accept you when I bring you out from the peoples and gather you from the lands where you are scattered and will prove myself among you in the sight of the nations. And you will know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel, into the land which I swore to give to your forefathers. Then you will remember your ways and all your deeds in which you have defiled yourselves, and you will loathe yourselves in your own sight for all the evil things which you have done. Then you will know that I am the Lord, when I have dealt with you for my name's sake, not according to your evil ways or according to your corrupt deeds, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face towards Teman, and speak out against the south, and prophesy against the forest of the Negev. And say to the forest of the Negev, Hear the word of the Lord, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am about to kindle a fire in you, and it will consume every green tree in you, as well as every dry tree, a blazing flame that will not be quenched, and the whole surface of the south to the north will be burned up. All flesh will see that I, the Lord, have kindled it. It shall not be quenched. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, there saying to me, Is he not just speaking parables? So the continuation of the judgments on Israel in Babylon, they still have not come to terms with their rebellion and their idolatry. And the leaders are coming to Jeremiah, telling him to inquire of the Lord, and and let's ask God for the deliverance so we can go home and, and uh, maybe even re, regroup and fortify Israel or fortify Israel against Babylon now. And he's saying, what do you tell these guys? They're going to come and inquire of me when they have turned away from me and their sons have turned away from me, and they've been involved with pagan idolatry um, and serve other gods and, and have been rebelling against me, just tell them no way. I'm, I'm not listening to their prayers. Remind them of their history and go, retrace their history of how I blessed and brought them out of bondage and blessed them, and they turned away from me, and I then disciplined them in the wilderness and would not allow them to come into the land until that group of idolaters died out. And then I brought in those into the promised land by faith. This is, again, people, we don't know, which says we never learn from history, right? So this is happening again. Their Babylon experience, their 70 years in Babylon, is their wilderness experience. But in the sense they were not in bondage in Israel, they were in freedom. They were in God, under God's blessing, but they were not honoring God. So he says, now I'm going to take you back out, put you out in the desert again, until essentially those within your ranks that are rebellious, that, that will not bow their hearts to me and call me Lord, let them die out, let them be dealt with, and then I'll let you bring you back in and reestablish you. And all then for my namesake, and, and you're, you're going to be reestablished, and, and Israel's going to be glorified. Now, would, again, this would seem to be near and far prophecy. They're going to be near prophecy that they would come back, rebuild the temple, and be established as a strong nation. Again, cured of their idolatry, but 
not completely, and they were going to struggle with legalism after then, legalism under the law, you know, and then the Messiah is going to come, and they're going to reject him again under Jesus. So what's going to happen when they reject him again? Back into the desert. 70 AD, the temple's destroyed, Israel's dispersed, and they're, they're back in the desert where they're dispersed all over the world. So what's going to happen now? They're in the world to learn how to get their focus back on Yahweh, but this time Yahweh and his through his completed word and his Messiah to accept his full plan, his full gospel, his whole plan that he had from all along, which is in all in all the Old Testament prophetic books about the coming of the Messiah. And then when they receive him, when they come to terms in a sense with him, it's not going to work the same way, I guess, because they're already coming back into the land now. But they're coming back into the land, and he's allowing them back into the lands to reform them and to bring them into a faith with them as they are all gathered together. So I guess it's an extra measure of grace. They don't have to come to back to faith before they enter in the land. They're going to enter the land, but they're not going to enter the millennium till they are fully on board as followers and disciples of not only Yahweh, but of Jesus Christ. And then they will enter in with the rest of us into the ultimate of the promised land, the promised land of promised lands, the the reformed and, and blessed earth under the Messiah and Israel. Can you imagine if God saw it back in those days as the land flowing with milk and honey and, and the most blessed of, of all the lands and the best of all the lands, how it's going to be in the millennium? It's going to be phenomenal. Hebrews chapter 10, for the law, since it has only a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very form of things, can never, by the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Because the worshipers have once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins year by year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, Sacrifice the offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. After saying above, sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you have not desired, nor have you taken pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. And then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. By this we will have been sanctified through the offering of the blood of Jesus once and for all. Every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us, for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws upon their heart, and on their minds I will write them. Then he says, 
and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering of sin. Therefore, verse 19, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience of our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day drawing near. Verse 26, For if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, for a terrifying expectation of judgment and a fury of a fire which will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much severer punishment do you think he will deserve who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a terrifying thing to fall in the hands of the living God. But remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured the great conflict of suffering, partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet, in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous ones shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Again, an encouragement to those Hebrew Christian Jews that are a little confused. They're starting to suffer persecution. They don't know if they should be partaking of the Day of Atonement. And he says, you got to get it in your mind that Jesus' atonement and the high priesthood is a better priesthood. It took away the need for the daily sacrifices, so you no longer need to bring your sacrifices to the temple anymore. Imagine how practical that was for them. They could smell the sacrifices. They could see people bringing in the animals. They could hear the animals. They saw the fire and the smoke of the altar that was continually going. He's saying, you don't have to do that anymore. There is... Jesus, our high priest, who went before us, whose blood was sufficient once and for all, who's now sat down, position of rest at the right hand of God. And uh, this is um, 
you know, applicable to some people that grew up in the church, especially if you were in the Catholic Church and you felt you had to go to Mass every day and experience the whole Mass. The Mass is the re-crucifixion. It is going into the temple metaphorically with the animal and and putting the animal on the altar. That's really what the Mass is. It is a witnessing of the process of Jesus, the Lamb of God, going to the altar to be slaughtered on our behalf for our sin. And he's saying that was had that happened once and for all. It does not need to happen again. We don't need to re-crucify him. That's why we don't have Jesus on the cross in the Protestant church. He's already been sacrificed. He's now at rest at the right hand of God and has completed work. So we can now rest in that. But they also were suffering persecution, having things taken away from them. And so he's telling them, look, even though you're having persecution, you have need to persevere. Don't stop fellowshipping because of what's going on. The Romans, the Jews were mad at them. Hey, we know if you're meeting together, you better stop it, you know, or whatever it was. So they're getting, ah, life is kind of tough. I'm not sure if I should be going to church because all my relatives are Jewish and they're going to see me. He said, no, mm -mm, don't stop. That's the habit of those other guys that aren't really walking in faith. Those, that's kind of going back to the Old Testament thing of the people in Israel under Ezekiel, those that weren't really, really following Yahweh. They were, they were going off in a different direction. He says, don't do that. Keep meeting together and trust God. You may lose property. Man, it's brutal. The, the, the New Testament, the, old, the whole Bible is brutal at times. It's, you may lose property, but... But you need to continue to press forward because he is coming back. And whatever you lose, it's, it'll be worth it because he is coming back. And, and just know it's a terrible thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Those who may take your property, those who may chide you, those who may be critical of you being a Christian and meeting together, just get it in your mind. They're the ones that are going to be falling under the heavy hand of God, not you even though you may be feeling some of the pain now. So it's very clear what the book of Hebrews is, is hitting at, and and it's a good for us to remember that in the days we live in. Charles Spurgeon, clearly supernatural. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David, and the house of David shall be as God. As the angel of the Lord before them, Zechariah 12.8. One of the best methods of the Lord's defending his people is to make them strong in inward might. Men are better than walls, and faith is stronger than castles. The Lord can take the feeble among us and make him like David, a champion of Israel. Lord, do this with me. Infuse thy power into me and fill me with sacred courage that I may face the giant with sling and stone, confident in God. The Lord can make his greatest champions far mightier than they are. David can be as God, as the angel of Jehovah. This would be a marvelous development, but it is impossible or it would not be spoken of. O Lord, work with the best of our leaders. Show us what thou art able to do, namely to rise thy faithful servants to a height of grace and holiness, which shall be clearly supernatural. Lord, dwell in thy saints, and they shall be as God. Put thy might in them, 
and they shall be as the living creatures who dwell in the presence of Jehovah. Fulfill your promise to thine entire church in our day. For Jesus' sake, amen. Father, that's a beautiful prayer, and we do pray for it. Your continued grace upon us as nations, as people groups, as need of leadership, and certainly God in the church, we pray for your grace upon the leadership and upon those that are are feeding the sheep, but we need it for the nations as well, for the leaders of the nations, especially now in these times of war and these times of this global alliance that's coming together. Father, we need strong leaders to rise up against the globalists and against those that are forming this one world religion now that's happening right now. And Father, they are tearing down your very, very, the, your ordinances that you have set up. They are changing and trying to rewrite the Bible. They are trying to be inclusive and trying to bring in everything except Jesus. These globalists and these one world religious leaders will do everything in unity except come under your lordship. So, Jesus, we pray for your strength. We pray for the strength of those who are willing to stand up and say no. Even within the Catholic Church, that you would use the bishops and the archbishops that might still be, have an ear to your spirit, that they would stand up and say, we will not bow to any other Lord but Jesus, and make it be the biblical Jesus God. We know that you have the ability to reach into the hearts of men. So we we pray for those leaders that are still having an experience with you and, and know you as Lord and Savior. Use them, God, to protect the church. Use them to, then to make a stand against what is coming. In the meantime, God, strengthen us. Strengthen us in our days and help us to be a witness for you in all these things. Thank you for the team that went out last night and their their time that they had um, witnessing. Renee had a wonderful time witnessing for a young, a young girl that was down here by herself. Thank you for that opportunity. Pray that you really work in that girl's heart and that you, would, that you would cause her to think about that conversation and bring her into relationship with you as well as all the others that were talked to in the, in the little tracks that went out. Thank you for that. Thank you for the continued work in the church and the new people that are coming in. What a blessing, God. And we pray for your continued healing on all those that are receiving healing, that need it in a big way. There's some intense struggles going on with cancer. Not only Juan Carlos, but with our, this missionary couple from India, and also with those up in Canada, those that uh, are needing radiation treatment or injections. We pray, God, that these these things which are difficult to have to deal with and expensive, that you would uh, fortify my brothers and sisters that are going through it and heal them quickly. But mostly, God, we pray for your supernatural healing upon their on their bodies. And we pray for spiritual healing as well. Many, many of us have lost people we love during the COVID pandemic, God, and we pray that you would continue to heal our hearts and bring us into unity. And now, guys, we're coming back out of covid I pray especially, God, this prayer in Hebrews, that you, the people would get it into their minds to not forsake the fellowshipping physically one, with one another in some form or another. Bible studies, deep Bible studies, 
um, having a church fellowship, if there's one nearby that they that they feel led to, they go. Some people don't have that, Father. I realize that. And so we thank you for the online community and what you're doing online. But if there is a church, God, that God has led them to and they feel blessed in that church, God, help them to be able to stay faithful and stay in those churches. So thank you, God, for all you're doing, and we bless you for this wonderful day in Jesus' name. Amen. There we go. That'll do it for today. I look forward to seeing you all tomorrow at the same time as we press on in Manna for Breakfast. Stay blessed. Keep looking up. We will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thank you.